Welcome to Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith, founder and president of the Wealthcare Investment Center. Each week, we discuss strategies to help you preserve, protect, and enhance your wealth because saving for retirement is just the beginning. We've developed an innovative approach to retirement wealth and tax management, powerful strategies to help you get the most from your nest egg and help you live the retirement you want and deserve. Have a question for the team? Connect with us at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Or call 888-888-5601. 888-888-5601. Get more retirement starts now. And today, an hour packed with information about your wealth, how to create it, how to retain it. Here are just a few of the topics we'll be tackling today, why some rich are feeling poor, a real estate standoff, and are we headed for a stock market crash? We'll tell you who's betting we are. Good morning, Bruce Smith. Good morning, Cheryl. How are you doing this morning? Doing great, because I just learned about a brand new, well, not breakfast product, it's a brunch product. Have you heard about it? Brunch in a jar? Brunch in a jar. Well, no, this will be a new one. This will be good. Yeah, well, yeah, I say brunch because it's 40 proof. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) What a way to start your day. In in some areas, that may be breakfast, but okay. (laughs) Anyway, it's an Eggo product. Seriously. It comes in a mason jar. Eggo (laughs) teamed up with Sugarland Distilling Company in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, of course, and they make the Appalachian Sippin' Cream. They serve it in a fancy glass, one of those coupe glasses, with a slice of bacon and a mini waffle on the rim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. You really have to wonder, Gatlinburg, uh, because it's just there's so many distilleries around there. It's like, you know, so how many times does the cops pull people over drunk? You know, I really just have to wonder about that. (laughs) I don't know, but you get a little nutrition right there along with, you know, everything else. Hey, go boy, just keep that away from the grandkids, huh? Not just for breakfast anymore. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, that's different. Appalachian Appalachian sipping cream. Mm -hmm. I just saw Philadelphia cheesesteak Pringles. Oh. You know, yeah, they're out now. And just, you know, just we can we can create any food product, make anything taste like anything. And you have to wonder, like, what chemicals are they using to do this? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Clark Griswold came up with them, whatever they are. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Hey, we're going to take a sharp turn, Bruce. I want to talk about the results of a Bloomberg survey I found. The survey says it's possible to be rich and poor at the same time. The, the survey actually found some people who make about $5 million a year, but they say they still feel broke. But in general, this was a survey that was focused on people making at least 175000 a year. And the top line is one in four say they're poor or just getting by. So my question for you, is that insecurity talking or poor money management or both? It's both to a degree, but there's kind of a third element, which is marketing is really how we talk about money in our society is, you know, like, for example, I mean, unfortunately, you and I are over 39. Uh, <laughs> we're older Speak than that. for yourself. <clears throat> okay. All right. <laughs> so um, basically, first of all, you used to know how much you were paying for the price of a car. You would say, okay, I brought my new van in 1978. It was forty nine ninety five. You know, it was $5,000. And I think I lowered the price in negotiation with the dealer down to 4500 But I knew this is what I'm paying. So if you knew what the price was, the total price, you could say, all right, now I'm going to pay you for this many months, 36 months or whatever, and the interest is this. And you could calculate that, and here's what your payment is. And it was a monthly payment. And insurance costs this. So, you know, you had this normal how things would progress. You would understand the cost of something. And in today's world, you know, you go to a car dealer, and it's this much a week. You know, I'm waiting for it to become this much an hour, you know, right, right. <laughs> and anything to make it appealing. But, you know, they've changed the thought process of what things cost. I mean, certainly we talked several shows ago about cash versus a credit card and how much money ends up with the bank that wouldn't have ended up there had it been cash transactions as you go through the trail of that money. And this is the same thing. People that are making $175,000 and make no mistake, I've seen this. We've had people come in that make $2 million a year. And we basically show them that they're on a train wreck course for retirement. Their retirement's going to blow up. And they look at you like, what are you talking about? You know, there is an obvious conflict of interest that's out there in the financial industry. Because if you sit down with somebody, and I mean, it doesn't have to be financial. You know, if you're sitting down with a car dealer, if you're sitting down with a furniture salesman, if you're sitting with a financial person, if you don't buy their product, they don't profit. They don't make their money. They don't get their income. So obviously what's the, the goal is the goal is to sell you that car or, or sell you the furniture 
or sell you that product. So the problem with asking somebody for an objective opinion on your finances today and long term, sometimes if they gave you the true situation, then you wouldn't become a client or you don't like what they say because somebody else said you'd be okay. Who wants bad news? You know, they always, we always want to gravitate towards good news. So the financial element of how we handle our finances has changed. Like you may know what you're doing, but you're doing it with today's standards that, well, yeah, I'm paying this much a month here and this much a month there and this much a month there. We see this one all the time. Here's a great example. People say, well, if I can make 5%, between my wife and I and our 401ks, IRAs, we have $2 million saved. So at 5%, you know, we're going to get $100,000 a year. And we know that after taxes, you know, we're going to have about 80000 a year spendable. Mm -hmm. And that will let us have the lifestyle that we want. Well, that sounds good. And it sounds like a very simple, easy thumb rule. 5%, $2 million, 100000 a year makes sense. But their investments, even if they average 5%, they don't perform the same every year. Some years they might make 10% and say, oh, look, my account went up $200,000. I spent 100, I'm plus 100 to the good. But let's say the next year the account went down 10%. You know, so now that $2 million is 1.8 million and 5% on that, whatever you're making on that is gonna be less than what you had anticipated. You're gonna end up with maybe a million seven after you spend that $100,000 you were able to spend. So this is the problem is that, you know, people say things aren't what I thought they would be, or I'm in a bad financial shape, or I didn't expect this. You know, you've got to look at all the variables. You've got to take into consideration what's going on. In most cases, that doesn't happen. And that's why we see this. Mm -hmm. Well, I found something else that kind of relates to this. And 1.7 million Americans who were millionaires in 2021 are no longer millionaires. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you've seen the drop in the market and people, they watch that number, you know, and people would like to have stability. They like to have predictability. They want to have that, that constant and they find, you know, okay, now I don't have as much money as I had before. And if you're taking a certain withdrawal percentage, then the income you're getting will go down. But what we find is that people, while in their mind, they're thinking, hey, I'm taking 4%. What they've really done with their advisor and most advisors do and most financial companies do is how much do you want us to send you each month? You know, so if we're sending you $5,000 a month, that's a fixed number. That's not a percentage of what the wealth is. So if the wealth drops, you're sending them more than, than what they were intending to withdraw percentage-wise. I see. So that really puts you kind of in a precarious situation, as you, as you just said. So what are some strategies for making sure that you get what you want but you're not drawing down so far that you put your retirement in jeopardy. You have to understand the mechanics of money or your advisor has to be taking that into account. It shouldn't just be a service relationship. It should be a true planning relationship. And it's important, you know, it, you want to keep it simple. You don't want to have complicated. You don't want to have giant mathematical formulas and all that. We don't need that. But, you know, being able to understand what are the impact, what are the items that can damage what we're trying to accomplish. How do the mm -hmm. wheels come off? So knowing in advance what a failure looks like or knowing in advance what a, a pullback looks like and how that would impact you long-term, then you can go forward with a plan that says, okay, how do I protect myself? And what we find is that, you know, what we have always built for people is, you know, we're not trying to get the biggest return. We're trying to get the most consistent and the most durable return. So, you know, and again, we always go back to Warren Buffett. You know, he said, you know, having more upside potential than downside potential. We don't know what it's going to do, but what's the potential up and the potential down? And if the potential downside is a total unknown, that's unacceptable. So, you know, you build a portfolio that includes elements and opportunities that aren't there in most cases. Most people, you know, it's the very simple, quick and dirty where, you know, you do a risk analysis. Okay, here's your pie. 60% in the stock market, 40% in the bond market. Here's your risk factor. Here's some mutual funds or stocks or whatever. And you're good. Go forward. We look at it and say, okay, let's look at all the opportunities. Number one, let's take a portion of that portfolio. And let's protect it from any downside losses. And we know then that here's what our upside potential is. Our downside potential in that case is zero. So that meets Warren's idea. And that's good. Then we have wealth preservation. We build into the portfolio. It has upside potential, but it can lose, but it's very minimal, but it has much greater upside potential. So that helps. And if we build the majority of the portfolio with those two elements and then the more traditional, you know, stock and bond holdings in the balance actively managed, we find that we have a more consistent, more durable portfolio that it performs within a tighter range of returns. So then if it, if it hits that downside of that scale, you know, does your retirement still have the security 
or an adequate reserve that you're looking for, and also for unplanned events like a premature death of a spouse, a long-term care event, whatever. So at the end of the day, as always, it's a higher level of planning. It takes more knowledge. It takes more work on the part of the advisor and a little longer discussion, but a easy-to-understand discussion. And when we have that discussion with consumers, we find that it's common sense based mm. and they love that they're like you know bruce that makes sense to me let's do that and nobody has ever offered us those opportunities before so it's maximizing all available opportunities to preserve the wealth you have in downturns and create additional wealth in upturns well if you'd like to dive deeper into this subject check out bruce's book create wealth retain wealth and if you've saved at least five hundred thousand dollars or more for your retirement call wealth care right now for your complimentary wealth checkup here's the number it's 888-888-5601 888-888-5601 On the way, some say maybe, some say no, why another Fed rate is possible, a hike, that is. We'll tackle a tricky tax question and the new trend in travel, destination unknown. As Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues. You've been planning for your retirement for some time, but now you are watching the economy and financial markets destroy your plan. If your path to retirement or through retirement is in question, it's time for a second opinion. At the WealthCare Investment Center, we can help you elevate your planning to weather financial storms today and into the future. We know you don't want to postpone retirement or run out of money during retirement. So now is the best time to talk with an elite wealth strategist. Let us show you how our higher level of planning and management could help you protect and grow your wealth during volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a more durable plan for a sustainable retirement income. Let us help you get your planning back on track and moving in the right direction. Now is the right time to upgrade your plan. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealth Care team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. This is Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. Hey, Bruce, you know this. The Fed is trying to drive inflation down by raising the benchmark interest rate. And even though that rate is now at a 22-year high, the Fed is not taking the possibility of another rate hike off the table just yet. And that's even as most investors and economists are leaning toward July's hike being the last one. I bring that back to you and say, why is there such a mixed view of this? Because some Fed officials are saying, nope, that's enough. Others are saying, I don't know, maybe not. Well, you know, it's it's a guesstimation. I mean, it is economic, what is going on in the economy, but, you know, they're also forecasting what will happen in the economy. If you look at petroleum, I, I think you're going to see gas prices going up, and that's more driven by interpolitical affairs, you know, global things that are happening in Saudi Arabia, things like that. So that is a, a consumer staple, a business staple that we really don't have control over. So there's an item there. The other items as far as as trying to rein inflation in is obviously they're doing things significantly to the housing market. We're going to talk about that. I think on the vehicle front, we're finding more people are are looking at vehicles that have that, you know, introductory special rate of 0.9% or 0% or whatever, as opposed to paying the going rate for car loans. It is stifling some of the spending in some areas, which in turn changes, you know, the economic outlook. So when you have that, when you slow down what your buying process is in significant consumer acquisitions, real estate, things like that, that is a negative to the economy. So if they raise the rate, you know, it continues to slide those items into kind of a bad position. If they don't raise it, then we're back to, well, what if we have just new normal inflation of items where we get back to supply and demand? Again, I think you're going to see higher fuel prices into the fall. That's heating oil, that's your diesel, your gasoline, all of those things. 
and of course, anything that involves using petroleum products to make it. So that's a, that's a big section of the economy. It's always been a guessing game. They've, they've been aggressive, and I think they've done a decent job without really upsetting the market per se. If they go too far, if the impact is too negative from what they've accomplished, then we find the market tumbling, and we're going to talk about that. So it's really walking a very fine line, you know, trying to balance this. And But at the end of the day, it still involves some crystal balling that is nothing but a guesstimation, you know, really. Well, that's true. And I think that there's such a teeter-totter feeling right now. A soft landing versus recession. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to end up? And what happens either way? And that's the problem. And then when, you, when you've got your retirement, I mean, I'm coming up on, a, on my 45th class reunion. Wow, that's going to be just really weird. <laughs> but I, <laughs> you I, just I said, said that. <laughs> you know, I said I said that uh, I said yeah, I think I, I was actually talking to Rick, and I said uh, I think that uh, the theme song should be Barry Manilow's "Look Like We Made It." You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this, you know, but it's funny. It's that transition period where a lot of us now are finally ending that working lifetime and, and entering the next phase of our life, which is retirement. That is that long period of unemployment that we've talked about so many times on the show. So you have X amount of dollars saved. How far will that money go? And if we see if the market tumbles, then you have less money to fund that lifestyle Mm -hmm. over your lifetime. And if prices go up, it's consuming the nest egg faster for the same things you wanted for that lifetime of experience. So you have to go beyond just saying, I have a portfolio and I own some investments. You know, that's the one thing that people, they invest very little time, even if they're do-it-yourselfers, they invest very little time in saying, what is the long-term outlook on this versus just saying, what's my rate of return? And and knowing what those impact factors are and then what can they do to best protect themselves, regardless of what the Fed does, regardless of the results of what the Fed does or does not do and what our economy shows long-term as it's cyclic through their lifetime. I like what you just said, regardless. Yeah. And isn't that what we all want, is that feeling of confidence, a little bit of security that what we have is going to be enough? You know, if you're listening to the show, it really comes down to it's your money. And and the show is called Get More Retirement. And the purpose is exactly that. What are all of the things, not just some of the things or one of the things you can do to maximize the lifetime value from that retirement nest egg mm-hmm. and the investments that you've put together. And I, I, I rail against the financial industry a lot of times because, you know, I was a broker for 11 years. I sold people product. You know, every solution you had came in a box. You know, buy this buy this magic package, this shiny object, and all your ills will be taken care of in retirement. And it's, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't. There is no one size fits all. It's more custom fit to you and saying, you know, what are all the opportunities available that I can take advantage of? I recently ordered a new vehicle from a local dealer and the price was X. And and of course I go online, I'm on the forum for this particular type of vehicle, it's a Jeep. And I find, you know, that there are dealers that are, that are offering it for 7% under invoice, not, not, not retail, not MSRP, but under invoice. Hmm. And in this case, uh, the particular Jeep I was looking at, I thought, you know, well, I, maybe I should investigate this. So I, I sent out to one of the big, big dealers and said, hey, you know, give me a quote on it. Here's a vehicle I'm having built. How much would it be with you? The difference? was $8,000. Wow. Now, now, when that vehicle is sitting in my driveway, it's a commodity. It's the same color, has the same engine, same transmission, same set of tires, does everything the same. It doesn't matter where it came from because it came off the same assembly line. But if I buy it at, at price A, you know, it cost me this. If I buy it at price B, I get to keep $8,000 in my <laughs> account. Now, the vehicle isn't any different. All the experiences I'll have with that vehicle are no different, but I have $8,000 more money. And then the, the cherry on top was uh, for an extended warranty, they would offer it, that company with the $8,000 or less cost would offer it to me at their cost plus $50 versus the retail at the other location. So at the end of the day, it was about a $10,000 savings. And guess what? I, I called my dealer up and said, look, you know, I'm not expecting you to match this, but let's put a little sharper pencil to it, I think. And he's like, no, I can't. That's my number. And it's like, okay, cancel the order. You know, and he went to the other direction. So, but there's an opportunity that most people have no idea that that level of benefit existed. But it, it was an opportunity where it was being offered by a dealer saying we can do, and there's never dealers that, that offer that type of opportunity. So retirement's the same thing. It's getting that maximum value and looking for opportunities. And that's what we do at Wealthcare is, is find all the opportunities available that'll fit your situation, not just a single solution. 
Well, if you're wondering how your portfolio is performing, but I think more importantly, perhaps, will it provide what you need in retirement? Then you could use a wealth checkup from WealthCare and Bruce Smith if you've saved at least $500,000 toward your retirement. The wealth check is complimentary, and believe me, it's going to be an eye-opener. So call right now, 888-888-5601, 888-888-5601. Bruce, I have a question or 10 for you right now. <laughs> or about, 10. Yes, RMDs. Why the heck are we required to take them? What happens is that, you know, the day that you opened that retirement account, that 401k, that IRA, whatever, you know, you made a decision and you said, hey, I want to put money for my retirement. I want it to be my money in my nest egg. And when you put it in there, you know, if you put $1,000 into that account the first day, there's $1,000 in there. And, and you say, wow, I have $1,000 in there. Well, not quite. Because what really happened was Uncle Sam said, all right, I agree. That's fine. You put your money over there. And I'm not going to take any taxes out of that money. I'll get you later. I'll talk to you later about that. Eventually, taxes will be paid on every single dollar of that money until that account is zero. They'll be paid by you. They'll be paid by a surviving spouse. They'll be paid by your family members. Other than donating it to charity, somebody will pay the taxes on that money, and it will be at their tax rate. So Uncle Sam is tolerant but impatient. Of course, you know, the government wants their money. They love having that money spent. There's $26 trillion currently in retirement accounts that have not had taxes yet paid on them. So the government, you know, that's kind of like a juicy T-bone mm-hmm. steak to, to a dog. You know, like, wow, okay. So there's a basis where they, you know, we're going to get money. We're going to get our tax money on that, and that's going to be money we can spend. So, you know, you, RMD is required minimum distribution, meaning you have this money. It's, it's accumulated, you know, tax deferred, not tax-free, tax deferred. So at some point, the taxes will be paid. But when you hit, and it was 70 and a half for many, many years, and now it's 73, it's going to go to 75 at one point. But at 73 years old, if you haven't taken money out, Uncle Sam says, okay, here's how much money you have. You have to take at least this percentage, and it's about 3%. The amount will go up each year, typically, so the percentage required to take goes up each year, in most cases, until you reach about 81, 82. That means you're taking more money out each year, and that bumps you to a higher tax bracket. It also, in many cases, bumps you to a higher Medicare bracket. So now you're going to see less of your Social Security check because they're taking more out for both you and if you're married, your spouse, for Medicare. Would you like that number again? Bet you would. Here it is, 888-888-5601. That's for WealthCare and Bruce Smith. Now, remember, if you've saved at least $500,000 toward your retirement, this wealth check is complimentary, no obligation, but boy, will you learn a lot. So call 888-888-5601 right now. On the way, betting on a crash, why one investor is putting his portfolio on the line. We'll take a look at what's got a hold of the real estate market and the pursuit of 850, the value of a perfect credit score. All that and more as Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues. Are you afraid to look at your financial statements? Are you shredding them without opening them? If so, it's time for you to get a second opinion from the WealthCare Investment Center. At WealthCare, our portfolios are designed using proven risk reduction strategies to help protect and preserve your wealth during market downturns while maintaining the opportunity for strong growth when the market turns upward. All of our wealth managers are fiduciaries that will always put your interest above all others. If you need a plan to better manage the ups and downs of the financial market, we are ready to help. Let us help you explore the opportunities available from using a higher level of planning and management for your wealth. Instead of shredding or avoiding your financial statements, let's take a look at them together. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the WealthCare team now at 888-888-5601. The number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Looks like we made it. Get more retirement continues now with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. 
Hey, Bruce, I'm sure you've heard, uh, like, so many different studies on coffee. It's good for you. It's bad for you. Drink it early. Don't drink it late. No, drink it late because it'll calm you down. But if you drink it early, it jazzes you up. I don't know. Coffee seems to be a miracle thing. Do you drink coffee? (sighs) First of all, I was in the Navy and did not drink coffee, which really puts you in a super minority, you know. Yes. Um, And I always said, if coffee tasted like it smelled, it'd be wonderful, you know. (laughs) It does smell Um, good. Then eventually, so I finally became a coffee drinker, probably maybe five years ago. I will say, actually, on Saturday, I had my first cup of decaf (laughs) (laughs) because I had a back injury and I I was taking some meds. I did a iced, uh, what do I call it, a cold brew from Duncan, and my heart rate went up. And I went, wow, never had that before because our trusty Apple Watch tells us all these Mm -hmm. things. And uh, so I had a cup of decaf, and I went, why am I drinking this? <laughs> so we have a local uh, drive through It's called the Roast Post. A buddy of mine owns the adjoining property, and he, he sells older Corvettes. And I, I stopped in to see him one day, and I said, so what's new? And he said, if I knew, he said, I would open a coffee thing, not a Corvette. He said, that place is busy 24-7. And it is. They always have a line, and, you know, for five bucks for a cup of coffee. Hey, you know? but here's I'm, the great thing he doesn't oh. know, Bruce. That apparently, if you drink coffee, you tend to spend more money. Well, he should have free coffee for all of his Corvette buyers then. (laughs) Yes, because they found that caffeine creates an energetic arousal, which enhances the appeal of buying non-essential goods. Say that again. That was like a tongue twister. That was pretty good. Researchers (laughs) think that caffeine consumption creates a state of energetic arousal, which enhances the appeal of non-essential goods. I would agree with that. So I would say that's true. Yeah. And I think it really explains a whole lot of stuff around my house. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) Ah, All right. So again, we take a turn. And I want to take you from the the caffeine crash to the uh, market crash. Because, you know, if you drink too much coffee, Mm -hmm. you're going down hard later on. Big time. Absolutely. Yeah. And the big short investor, the guy who was really famous for correctly predicting the housing market collapse in 2008, is now betting more than 90% of his portfolio, Bruce, on a Wall Street crash. CNN reports it amounts to more than $1.6 billion. Do you think he's right? That's Michael Burry. I don't know. I mean, he's going big on this. Well, there's there's kind of a couple pieces to this one. So first of all, whenever you're buying, and he's buying options, in buying options, options are leverage. So, for example, you can buy a million dollars worth of options but the cost is not a million dollars. So I think there's a little bit of a slant in how they're illustrating it. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, when I used to work exclusively with, with wealthy people, they would buy downside options on their portfolio so that if the market went up, they made money, but the options were worthless. But if the market went down, you know, it basically automatically insured their portfolio. It rebuilt their portfolio. It gave them the capital they had lost in the value of the options. So part of what he's doing is, in fact, that. If he buys the, all these downside options and the market goes up, the options would be worthless, but he has the profit of the market going up. If the market goes down, then he has insured his portfolio. So that's the normal process, and it's something that, quite frankly, is done quite often. You know, to the degree that he has done this, that it's such a, a large portfolio is what I think makes it newsworthy. But I think there's a little bit of a twist and a slant put on this. I correctly said this. I remember last presidential election, I got called by a prominent newspaper in New York, and they wanted to quote me on you know, what I thought the market was going to do after the election. And, and I said, I have no idea. I said, and I'm being honest, you know, I said, anybody who who wants to prognosticate, it's a guess. I learned years ago, it was a very interesting meeting. They were talking about the weatherman and they said, you know, when they teach weather people that if you're going to guess about something, you're going to talk about the future, give them the bad news. Tell them, you know, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be this, it's going to be that. And and, because you think that weather is a 50-50 shot. If I say it's going to be nice outside and it's nice, I was right. If it's not nice, I was wrong. It's a 50-50 chance. And what they proved it is not really... Because if you predict the downside, and as they said, so if it's down, you were right, you're a hero. Mm-hmm. But if it's nice outside, people forget that you said it was going to be down, and they're happy about it. So you don't really get hammered on it as bad. So it's it's not really that way. This is kind of the same thing. It's He may be right. If the market goes down, he's going to you know, bang his, his gong and say, look at me, I, I was right again. If he's not right, it'll kind of just like fade into oblivion. But there's other people that, that are buying upside options, you know. So Okay. Um, you know, take these things in pieces and, and analyze them. But what I see from 36 years of doing this 
is, you know, he's basically doing what he, what many people would do. He's self-insuring his portfolio by buying downside options. The volume that he's buying is, in fact, newsworthy and saying, look, I was correct that I, I guessed on this. I mean, truthfully, couldn't you say that every person who bought downside options last time the market crashed guessed correctly? Sure. You know, <laughs> so that's that's my take on it. I see. Well, you know what? That really makes more sense. And it kind of tamps down some of the fear that comes when you see a headline like this that it seems to be indicating we are headed for a stock market crash. Exactly. And that's and, and scary. We have so many people that like they'll, they'll say, well, I saw this in Barron's or I saw this in, in a certain financial magazine or whatever. And I say, OK, let's start with the baseline. Where did you find this source? What was the purpose of where you found it? You know, the purpose of Barron's is to sell advertising space. Mm -hmm. It's not to control your portfolio. But if you if you read about an article about a certain thing and then you go seven pages forward and there's a big full page ad from that company, eh, there could be a little bit of a slant there. You know, what is informational? What is newsworthy? And what is reality? That's how that's my view on it. Well, let's switch just a little bit from the stock market to the real estate market. Most of us invested in the real estate market in one way or another. Some people have more than one property that's part of their diversified portfolio, but most of us have at least a home. Mm -hmm. So the real estate market is something that impacts all of us. And right now, buyers and sellers appear to be at a standoff, at least according to the Redfin CEO. His name is Glenn Kelman. Speaking on Fox Business, he says high mortgage rates are having a real impact on all of this for two reasons. You know, people who have a low mortgage rate aren't going to want to sell and people are reluctant to buy with rates so high. So mm -hmm. they're just looking at each other. Right. So what if we do have, you know, some properties in our portfolio and we would like to sell right now? That would make sense. But nobody's buying. Does it make sense to just hang on or sell low? <laughs> Well, it, it, again, it's, it's looking at the total portfolio, not just the real estate by itself or not just the non-real estate by itself. You know, certainly we have clients that are in these positions where you get to a certain point, especially if you've practiced as being a landlord of those properties and they're like, hey, I'm getting up in years or, hey, I want to relocate mm -hmm. to Florida and I don't want to have to deal with this anymore. And we're seeing that exactly correct what you said about the marketplace is that, you know, remember we went through that phase during COVID where real estate prices just went to the moon, you know, and there were people that are like, hey, you know, I, I'll get the best number I ever got from my house. Let's do this now. More so, we saw people who said, okay, this is a great chance for me to upgrade. I can sell my house for this and go over here and buy this house. Well, that house was elevated too. So now interest rates have crept up to where people don't want to get back to reality on real estate prices because they were overly inflated. Right. But then the buyer is like, wait a second, it's going to cost me this much money. I have a good friend recently. He was going to sell his house, his primary residence, you know, and I had a friend who was interested in it. And we were talking and, and he's, he said, you know, I've got a 2% mortgage. You know, why would I leave that property? Because if I go to replace it, I'm going to have to pay an 8% mortgage somewhere. And that's a significant cost difference. This was kind of a crossroads, you know, between what's happening with the Fed, which we talked about earlier, and what's happening in the real estate market. And you're going to start seeing where the prices won't be supported at the level they are because people are looking at the total cost with the interest. So you'll start to see housing you know, come down. Now, if somebody has a portfolio and you say, what do I do with it? You know, well, you know, do you need to sell, number one? Number two, what's the purpose in selling? And what we tell people is, is moderation is always best. You know, let's not just make a decision on all of the properties as one solution. You know, maybe it makes sense to sell off 20% of the portfolio at this point, at this juncture, and let's see what happens, you know, with the Fed, with the real estate market. I don't think you're going to see real estate escalate. It may not even go up normal inflation numbers. It may go down. So what's that long-term impact? And that's why... You know, we always look at, at people's wealth in our, in our planning, our advanced planning strategies and say, okay, you know, what's that total pile of cash look like that's going to provide that lifestyle you need and provide for unforeseen circumstances like, you know, a long-term care event or a premature death or whatever. Mm -hmm. where, where will the money come from? Um, so it's, again, but it should be decided on a case-by-case -case basis, you know, not just this is what the general temperament is out there in the, in the workplace or in the, in the real estate market. Uh, so do we do this with all of our stuff or not? I think moderation is important. Well, you know, Bruce, there's a there's a home right down the street from me. It's um, on the on the market for one point two million dollars. It's okay. a great house. It's been sitting there for six months. OK. I saw a recent story that the higher the price on homes, the longer they're sitting right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I hate to see that because it's a beautiful home. And it's just been sitting. 
Mm-hmm. And you and I often wonder because of what we do every week. I wonder what's the situation with the people selling that house. Is that something that they need to do? Is that why it's sitting there that long, or you know what what's happening there? Well, it's not just on houses. We see it on on RVs, high end RVs. Actually, all RVs. Uh, you know, I, I we were we were talking at one point about getting a a, a, a you know a coach essentially maybe to be able to go out and do do vacations and mm-hmm. such. And, you know, I mean, I recently had a dealer call me and he had taken $150,000 off, which I was just blown away. I mean, wow. that, that, that market is soft because there you've got fuel, you've got yes. so many things that come into the equation. Um, so in the real estate, it's, you know, first of all, in many times you have a realtor involved. You know, what they told you you could get for your house, you know, a wise man once told me, he said, he said, Something is worth what somebody is willing to pay, yes. period. That's it. End of story. There is no other math, no fancy equations. That's the fact. And, and that's the case. So if you list it for X, um, you know, if somebody is interested and says, hey, I'm going to offer you a Y, you know, either you accept it or you don't. The question is, you know, are they bypassing you automatically because they don't feel you would come down to their number? If I see something and I want to make an offer on it, I'll make an offer even if it seems ridiculous, you know, because I've, I've had good luck with that over mm-hmm. my lifetime. There's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Real estate broker came up with that number. But again, at the end of the day, it's it's finding that, that meeting point where the offer made or, or the amount asked is, is a match between a buyer and a seller. Yes. So if you have real estate, even if you're talking about your home and you want to sell it right now, but have finding that difficult, is that the right move? There may be some other options. If you'd like to dig deeper into this subject, and keep in mind, if you've saved at least $500,000 towards your retirement, you can get a complimentary wealth checkup. And that's from Bruce and the team at WealthCare. The number is 888-888-5601. That's just part of a diversified portfolio. So you can go in and talk about your portfolio, the overview. Now, he's not going to look at what you've done already. He's going to look at what will happen in the future. Am I right, Bruce? You're going to look at the stress testing, what you have in the portfolio. First of all, what we do is we have an opportunity analysis where we say, what are the things you want to have in as part of your portfolio? And I don't mean, you know, I'm not saying gold or you know, industry or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, opportunities like, you know, I would like to have protection of my wealth against the market and, and uh, this percent of my portfolio. I'd like to have wealth preservation strategies. I'd like to have, you know, active managed strategies. I'd like to have a tax management strategy. I want to have a strategy that maximizes what goes to my family if something happens to me. So you pick from that list of opportunities and we will build the plan based on your design, not our design. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once we have that, then we'll go back and input what you're currently doing. And it shows you, it'll show you the cost difference. So in other words, for example, we talked about this on the show before, our one case study, the portfolio change, we were able to reduce the risk by about 40%. And it was projecting at age 90, so about $300,000 more money, which is a significant change. But the tax management strategy, building that in, actually increased the wealth projected $1.5 million. So there, there's five times the amount of, of benefit from the tax planning as there was from the investment planning. So we build the plan not to take yours and then compare it and say, here's something better. Right. But let's, let's build from scratch what you're trying to accomplish, and then let's compare it. And so in this case, you know, not having a tax strategy, the cost of not having that was a projected $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. That's money I'd rather not spend, you know, so yeah. Okay, well, the number to call is this, 888-888-5601. Just ahead, does an 850 credit score really matter? How high is high enough? And travel with a twist. You choose the date, they choose the destination. As Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues here. Are you afraid to look at your financial statements? Are you shredding them without opening them? If so, it's time for you to get a second opinion from the WealthCare Investment Center. At WealthCare, our portfolios are designed using proven risk reduction strategies to help protect and preserve your wealth during market downturns while maintaining the opportunity for strong growth when the market turns upward. All of our wealth managers are fiduciaries that will always put your interest above all others. If you need a plan to better manage the ups and downs of the financial markets, we are ready to help. Let us help you explore the opportunities available from using a higher level planning and management for your wealth. 
Instead of shredding or avoiding your financial statements, let's take a look at them together. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealth Care Team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues now. I'm Cheryl White. Well, here's another thing. I don't know if it's really possible, hitting that 850 credit score. I mean, that's as high as it goes. But is it really necessary, Bruce? Bank rate tells CNBC 760 means practically the same thing as 850 in the eyes of a lender. Anything else is just bragging rights. That's true. It's really very true. And really? Sad, the sad part is it's actually getting worse because obviously with higher interest rates, we're seeing more defaults. And that's one thing is, so what is acceptable isn't locked in concrete. It is a market-based acceptability. So if, if we're finding more people, if their credit scores are sliding because the general market out there defaults, you know, credit card behind, house payments are behind, So we're seeing increases in that with the rise of interest rates. So, you know, a bank may say, well, we'll give this level of loan to somebody with a credit score of 760. They may lower that to 740 because they want to have X X dollar volume of loans. So it is a movable thing. But the eight used to be, I think the break point is 800, 800, 850 is considered exceptional. 750 to 800, there's a level for that. But I don't know there's really a, a giant disparity. You can get some incredibly favorable Mine is 800, you know, and I get some ridiculous offers. I mean, I don't need any credit. <laughs> we keep mm-hmm. our stuff paid off, but you get special deals or you know, special enhancements to different credit offerings from credit cards or what have you. But you do want to pay attention to it. And that's one thing I am excited about is that more of the credit card companies, more of the financial companies are including, I know I, I'm not here to show for anybody, but I know Capital One, if you have their credit card, they have your credit score monitoring and you used to be able to update it weekly. It's now gone to daily. You can log in and, and hit the button and it'll do the scan and say, here's your credit score. I think it's important to know that because as far as, it's, and again, in, in the marketplace, being pre-approved for a car loan, a vacation loan, RV loan, home mortgage, whatever, getting pre-approval on those things really gives you control of the process and controlling price. If you know that you're pre-approved mm-hmm. for a car loan of X and you go to the lot and you say, hey, I'll, I'll give you this much you know, and I have my own credit or I have a credit score of this. That's a different animal than somebody just making an offer on something and then the dealer runs the credit and goes, oh, well, they, they don't have good credit, so they're going to pay a ridiculous interest rate. Those are important things. But yeah, in today's marketplace, if you're in the, the mid sevens, uh, 750, 770, somewhere in there, everything above that is you're going to get the same loan, same rates. That is so interesting because I always thought it was better to try and go for the higher number. Not that I'll let anything slide, but I just thought it was so interesting. Is there any difference in obtaining credit post-retirement as pre? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. First of all, one thing that will impact your credit score, and people don't realize this, and I get caught up in this one because I'm thrifty, and I'll use that word, (laughs) is the number of credit inquiries on your account. You know, too many people asking about your credit is a negative. And we were going on vacation, and we needed a new suitcase, went to Kohl's, could not believe the price of suitcases, to be honest with you. And they said, you know, but if you get the Kohl's credit card, we give you $75 off. Well, $75, that's money that's not out of my pocket. Okay. So yeah, give me the Kohl's credit card, then I'll cancel it when I get back from vacation. And it shows up on your credit report. You do that, you know, you get a couple of these good credit card deals. It actually torpedoes your uh, your credit score for six months or a year. So you have to be careful of that. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your question? I'm sorry. Does age matter? Oh, or p- yeah. after retirement? Well, the thing is, if you, you know, a bank, you know, you need the ability to repay the loan. And that's one thing we, we tell a lot of our pre-retirees is even though you own that house, even though you have equity in that house, we recommend you, you know, get set up for a home equity line of credit so you have that credit available to you because while you're working because your income is X and you qualify and everything's fine. And once you have it, they typically renew it and it's not a big deal. But you could theoretically own your house, have it fully paid off, but have a low level of income, Social Security only or whatever, and they look at your expenses, your monthly bills, and say, well, you don't have enough to sustain this loan that you're asking for. So just because you have equity in something doesn't mean you have loan power. 
So yeah, it's a, it is a big difference and, and something you've got to consider before you retire. And the other thing to remember, this one we see way too often is people think because they have a retirement account, because they have an IRA, because they have a sizable amount in there, that that's great. They can borrow money. And the fact is, you know, you cannot use any retirement account as collateral for a loan. That's something that is unacceptable and not available. So some people thought they were going to do that. It's not possible. So essentially that's invisible as far as the bank's concerned. It's not income. It's it's retirement money. Isn't it? Because if you encumbered somebody's retirement account, obviously you could put them in a world of hurt if they defaulted on a loan. That's why that federal law exists. So Wow. Well, yep. that's interesting. And I did not know that. Okay. So today, Cheryl has learned something on our show here at Get More Retirement. We hope you have too. (laughs) I learn something every time we talk. But maybe I can share something with you you don't know. I'm not sure. I doubt I can surprise you. Here it comes. Here it comes. Okay. So I found this new travel trend. It's Mm -hmm. called the Mystery Tour. Okay. So some travel companies are offering these surprise trips. So for a flat fee, what you do is you give them a range of dates and a range of dollar amount, and then they plan the whole trip, but you don't know where you're going Yeah. until the absolute last minute when you're getting ready to get on the plane, boat, or whatever, then you find out. But until then, it's a surprise. I don't get that one. I really, I mean, personally, I think it's cool. I could go for that. We've had some amazing things that our clients have done. And the one that I always obviously love is I love the one where the husband or the wife, without consulting the other one, makes all the travel arrangements, whatever, and says, pack your suitcase, we're leaving tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And not going to tell you where we're going, what we're doing, just to make it happen. That's great. I've been married for 46 years. and Congratulations. uh, I I have news for you. There's lots of things I would love to go do that Monica would not want to go do. So something like that would not work. I have seen kind of that level, but one additional qualifying piece is, you know, where are we going? You know, so if you said, I, I want to go to Cancun, it's like, okay, so we have a vacation package. We're not going to tell you where you're going to end up, but we guarantee it's at least a three-star hotel. Because what they're doing is they're looking for ways to complete inventory sure. in, in their travel. So that's what this whole thing's about. And there's some incredible deals, you know, that can be had in that regard. Variable travel dates is another way to save money. We met a gentleman on a cruise that we were on. We were doing open dining so we could go whenever we wanted to eat. And you meet new people and it's kind of cool. And ironically, this guy's name was Bruce. And so we sat down the first thing he did was he ordered six shrimp cocktails for dinner to get to appetizer for his dinner. It's kind of like, okay. <laughs> and he knew the lady that was serving us on the ship and he's asking about the major D and it's like, wow, okay, this guy's really plugged in. Come to find out that he's retired. He lives 40 miles from the cruise port. He keeps his bag packed all the time and he's on the hotline with the cruise ship. Like if they're not full, they send him a message. He calls a limo, picks him up at his house. At that time, he had done 24 cruises that year. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, Bruce, he said, I come here. There's health care available if I need it. I meet new people. I'm eating good. I sleep good. I got a great room. I got a great view. I see destinations. He said, but I've come to know everybody on the ship. It's almost like I'm crew. And he said, I pay like 200 or $250. He said, I can't put food in my refrigerator for what I pay to be here. <laughs> wow. Believe me, there, there's a group of people. One of the things we've talked about, you know, when I eventually retired, I would like to live within X number of miles of a cruise port. There's lots of cool things out there if you explore them. It's amazing what can be done. Yeah, that's spontaneous travel. Mm-hmm. And that's fun, too. But I kind of am intrigued by the idea of not knowing. I mean, you could go somewhere you're totally uninterested in, but then maybe you do find something fascinating about that place. You've got to go beyond your own boundaries. That's the one sad part of age. I always say the price of wisdom is age, but we outthink ourselves. We limit Mm -hmm. ourselves. So we're so wanderlust when we're young. And, you know, we go here and go there and zip line and do anything. And, and as we get older, we figure out all the things we wouldn't do, you know, and the question really becomes, I mean, other than physically being unable to, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you want to see the pyramids? Why wouldn't you want to take a river cruise, you know, over in Europe? Why wouldn't you want to visit Italy? Why wouldn't you want to, you know, me, I personally would love to go to Antarctica. Monica has zero interest in that one, you know? <laughs> yep. But we just saw some things with Alaska. I haven't been to Alaska yet. You know, that's on the list. So I think there's things like that. Now, obviously, you want a reputable you know, source for this. You don't want, you know, Charlie's uh, travel <laughs> firm and frozen lobster. You know, you don't want, you know, that's the thing. Paying attention and really making your money go the furthest. That's the name of the game is, is how do you squeeze the most juice out of the orange? And that's something we do, you know, on the planning level and for the portfolio level, for the retirement nest egg level. But but also, you know, how you're spending that money. How do you get mm-hmm. more bang for the buck? It's, it's something 
I mean, I, I got free lunches as a kid. We've talked about that on, on the mm -hmm. show many times. And, you know, I learned the, the power of a dollar very quickly when I was younger, and it's never left me. And we share that with our clients. So, And our clients share ideas like that with us. So, I mean, we become a great resource, not just for the traditional investment things, but, you know, we share that pool of knowledge with our people. Or somebody said, hey, I'm thinking about buying an RV. We had a gentleman who moved to Florida, was looking for an RV, and, and we gave him some guidance. And he called me up and he's like, Bruce, I can't believe this. I took your advice. I went and met with this guy. And he said he had a camper. I liked it. And he said, but it was a little bit bigger than what my truck would pull. And told him, I said, make an offer. I said, I said, even if it seems foolish, make an offer. And he got it for, it wasn't much more than the guy really wanted for the camper. He got the truck and the camper the guy oh. had. And he was so ecstatic. Here's the wisdom my buddy gave me. He used to flip houses. And he said, if I make an offer on something that I'm not ashamed to tell my mother about, I offered too much. And, and he said, I make foolish offers and I get some incredible real estate by doing that. And it's like, huh. And if you don't make the offer, you never know. Good point. Well, I was just thinking, Bruce, that mystery travel could really be very, very interesting. I, I might want to do that. But mystery retirement, that I do not want to do. <laughs> no. So planning for the future, as we talk all the time, is the key for success. And wealth care can help you get there. If you've saved at least 500000 toward your retirement, call now and schedule your complimentary wealth checkup. Stress test your retirement plan. Boy, is that ever important. 888-888-5601, 888-888-5601. Bruce and I thank you for joining us today. We will be back next week with another edition of Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. You've been planning your retirement for some time, but now you are watching the economy and financial markets destroying your plan. If your path to retirement or through retirement is in question, it's time for a second option. At the Wealthcare Investment Center, we can help you elevate your planning to weather financial storms today and into the future. We know you don't want to postpone retirement or run out of money during retirement. So now is your best time to talk with an elite wealth strategist. Let us show you how our high level of planning and management can help you protect and grow your wealth during volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a more durable plan for a sustainable retirement income. Let us help you get your planning back on track and moving in the right direction. Now is the right time to upgrade your plan. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealthcare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Advisory services offered through the Wealthcare Investment Center, a registered investment advisory firm. Insurance products and services offered through American Assets Financial Corp. and RIA Wealth Solutions LNC. The information contained in the material provided is for informational purposes only, and no statement contained here should constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Our program content is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. You should seek advice on legal and tax questions from an independent attorney or tax advisor. Our firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. This radio program is sponsored by the Wealthcare Investment Center.